and welcome back to Speaking Kid. I'm your host, Nick Siegel, and every week I'm joined by guests to discuss parenting, early childhood education, and our own experiences parenting. Welcome to another episode of Speaking Kid. My name is Nick Siegel, and today I am thrilled to be speaking with Carolyn Freyer-Jones. Not only is Carolyn Freyer-Jones a life coach, professional life coach, she has her own coaching school. She's going to tell you more about it. But what we're going to talk about today is protective parenting. And we got a great story to start to kick things off, but it's about how we as parents, when we see our kids going through a tough situation, you, how we want to dive in and help them protect them, all of these dynamics. But we're going to really explore this and have some fun doing it. So, Karen, welcome to the show and just tell us a little bit about you sure. before we first dive of into all, your story. Yeah, first of all, thank you. I'm excited to be here with you, Nick, as always. And it's fun to get to talk about a fun topic because, yes, I am a professional coach and I do leadership coaching and I have a school for coaches. And obviously, you know, I am also a parent to a 13-year-old young woman named Lucinda, and she's given me lots and lots of opportunities to look at how I'm being as a parent and as a person. So I'm excited to get to talk about all the different ways parenting gives us room to look at who do we want to be in any given moment with ourselves and with our children. Yeah. So let's dive into the story that you and I talked about yesterday offline about a situation where, well, Go ahead, tell yeah. the story, and we'll go from there. So, uh, as you, this was when my daughter was in preschool. So she was at a fabulous preschool that you know well called Play Mountain Place, and they have a very interesting model in that their whole model really is about helping children learn how to handle conflict and feelings and to be with those. And really the guidelines for parents is we don't, you know, we're going to allow them to be in uncomfortable situations and we're not going to rush in and fix it or navigate and manage how two kids resolve stuff, et cetera. So we happily put our daughter in this preschool because of our background. My husband and I both have master's degrees in spiritual psychology from the University of Santa Monica. We were both super clear that we wanted her to be in a place where all feelings and all kinds of situations, she, we could learn to work with them and she could. So one day I'm taking my daughter to preschool and it's drop off and I'm hanging out and Lucinda is interacting with these two other girls that she's been at preschool with now. I think this is her second year and they don't want to play with her. So they're like basically boxing her out and I'm there and the the person who's the preschool teacher who's kind of on this is named Penny, who's an amazing preschool teacher. And she's just sort of being with them. And I'm now starting to realize these two girls are like, like saying, no, we don't want to play with you. Nope. Nope. And they're five. Oh yeah. Four, four, four. And Lucinda is now starting to get really upset. And she's like, I want to play with them. And I'm starting to be like, why are these two girls doing this? Like I'm all of my own stuff is getting activated, right? I'm like, oh, how, what? Not play with, what do you mean? Like they're mean and they're mean girls and all those thoughts. And I'm just wait, I'm waiting because I know I'm not going to, I'm not going to interact. The teacher is going to. And so the teacher in the way they work with this is they're like, oh, so you don't want to play with Lucinda. You don't want her to be part of your plan. And the two girls were like, nope. 
And Lucinda's, and she looks at Lucinda and she goes, and you really want to be part of this plan. I do. And there, and, and the teacher's like, wow, what do you all want to do about this? And I'm sitting there like, what? I know what I want to do. I want to punch those two girls right now because they're being mean to my daughter. And this is all going through my head. And the two girls are like, well, we don't want to play with her. Now they're four, right? Like you said. And Lucinda's like, but I want to. And there's and the, and the teacher's not making the two girls wrong. They're not wrong for not wanting to play with Lucinda at all. Even though in me, a lot of wrong making is happening. How dare they? They're wrong and they're mean. They're just being mean. And so she looks at Lucinda at a certain point. She says, well, I wonder, I wonder if you want to look and do another plan. Cause it doesn't sound like Siona and I forget the other girl's name are, are wanting you in their plan. And Lucinda was like, no, I want to be. And just at this moment, a tour comes through of parents who are obs- now they're observing my daughter being boxed out of like this opportunity. And I'm sitting there like sweating. I'm really working hard to hold and be like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to leak my own upset. I'm, I'm going to be like a steadfast place, but I'm not going to make them wrong. And I'm going to be here for Lucinda. And so all of a sudden, Penny says to the two girls, I don't know, they whisper. Oh, they whisper. And Penny's like, so she stops them. And she's like, we're not going to whisper. Because remember, whispering, people can feel like we're whispering about them. Now, of course, the whispering activated me even more. I was like, these two, you know, lots of curse words going through my mind. I'm like, F this and you two. And Lucinda's just, and all of a sudden, the two girls were like, okay, you could play with us. And Lucinda's like, great. And they all go off. And I'm now like a sopping wet mess of the the feelings that went through me. And then Penny's like, this is what happens. Like, it's like there's no, there's no requirement to make them all play together. And maybe it wouldn't have worked out that way. Maybe Lucinda would have had to figure out another plan and live with them not wanting her to play with them. So I leave, I literally get in my car and I forget who I called, but I was like, it's like 10 a.m. I'm like, I need like a margarita and I need like a towel because I'm now sopping wet. I feel like I've been through four days in the last 20 minutes. So we've all, any parent listening in on this is going, I've been there. I've been in that moment where I want to kill somebody in, in, in defense of my kid. Yeah. How do you get to that place where you can observe it enough to let it unfold? Because look at the outcome was fantastic. Right. Lucinda got taken care of. The way they handled it was brilliant in, in, from a philosophical perspective, but also the practical application. But how do you, how do you measure you inside of there without a backhand uh, right across the face? Yeah. I mean, look, that comes from years and years and years of personal growth. I mean, that's all it is. That's, and I say that sort of half kiddingly. That's all it is. That only took... 15 years of inner work to get to the place where I could sit and be like, and it doesn't mean it was easy, right? It wasn't easy for me. It was uncomfortable. And I did have all those feelings and thoughts of like these two little, you know, and really all my own feelings. And obviously my training coming from the University of Santa Monica, I could see, oh, wow, this is all the stuff I felt when someone was mean to me. I'm creating a lot of meaning about it, right? Oh, they, they don't like Lucinda and they, they have feeling like they're being mean to her, but really it's my own feelings about that. Like that were, I was layering on their experience. Like we could just go, well, they just didn't want to play with her at the moment. Like it wasn't like because Lucinda is anything. 
right? They just did, they wanted to be the two of them. It wasn't really about Lucinda, but I could see all the ways I was making it about Lucinda and them being mean and judging them. But I have a lot of training to go, oh, look at how I'm do what I'm doing right now. And that just comes from years and years and years of being willing to look at how I'm being in a situation while it's happening in real time. Like to slow myself down enough to have all the feelings, but to be like, oh, wow, look at me. I am totally making these two four-year-olds really bad, horrible, mean people. I mean, I'm attributing things to them that really weren't even there, right? They're mean, they're snotty, obnoxious, you know, selfish, all the judgments. Yeah, you know, what I'm discovering in this series and and from the different minds, perspectives, intellects, levels of experience is that we got to do enough work on ourselves in concert with how we're interacting with our kids because that layer of our histories that we put on top of our kids. I I got a story where before I was uh, had any you know, maybe I had a little spiritual context or a little a little consciousness of, you know, everyone's doing the best they can in the moment with what they know and have. My son, Ted, when he was on the playground, uh, he's probably eight at the time. And it's just me, Ted, and this other kid. Well, this other kid was just a snotty little, you know, one of those kids you just want to, kill and he was making fun of ted and i didn't have that perspective i didn't and certainly there wasn't any sort of facilitation going on it was just the three of us right alone on the black <laughs> that's rough <laughs> and I, I i grabbed i'm not proud of this but i grabbed this kid by the arm and i started squeezing him i said don't you ever talk to my son that way again and the kid looked at me. I'm towering over this kid. Now today, you know, I would have been thrown in jail. Um, but what I, that, that rage sure. inside of me, I just, you, you, you can't mess with my son like that. And who are you? And all those things you went through, you handled them beautifully. I handled them like shit. Well, but also think about the context. If I had been alone with the three of them and that it occurred, I might've been a differently. I mean, I did have the constraints of the school and how they handle that stuff to hold me. If I'd been alone with them, I don't know that I would have done it as successfully. I probably would have leaked more into what was happening. Like I had the approach in me. I probably would have said, wow, you two don't want to play. And Lucinda does. But I think all of my feelings, I, I could, I don't know that I could have successfully facilitated that in the same way. I mean, remember the, the preschool teacher, it's not her kid. I mean, they make it very clear there that, hey, it's your kid. That's going to be harder to navigate more loaded situations where your kid is the one being pushed out, right? Like that's not easy to do. And I think that's not easy to do even with people with lots and lots of personal growth and consciousness under their belt. It takes a lot for me to navigate situations with Lucinda where she's having friendship stuff. It's a lot. I think that because my old friendship stuff comes to the surface and I want to be with her, but I don't want to try to solve it for her. And the the impulse to want to solve our children's challenges and have them not have any pain is huge. It's like, you know, uh, there's a great book that I just finished reading called How to Raise an Adult. And one of the things she talks about in there is this idea of like how often parents 
will literally mood police their children and spouses, et cetera. But it's like, we mood police. And I realized, I was like, oh, wow, I do that with Lucinda. And I said to her, hey, do you think I do this? And I said, you know, when you're in the car and I can tell you're, you look like you've had maybe something go on. And I'm like, hey, how are you doing? And I'm like, how are you? What's happening? And I do, and Lucinda's like, leave me alone. And she goes, oh yeah, you mood police. You totally mood police. And now- Now Lucinda's how old now? 13. 13. And now I'm really clear, like, I don't, like, I don't, I'm really clear. I don't want to be a mood police I'm going to, and I'm working on that right now. So that's something I'm actively working on right now. I'm not always successful. Like Lucinda now it's an, it's now we can talk about it because she'll say something's going on and I'll be like, Oh, well, have you thought about this? And she's like, you're mood policing, you're mood policing. Like, can I just be in a low mood? As I think about this, it, 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 it takes pressure off of us. I, I, kids are going to go, they're going to do what they do. They're going to be upset. They're going to be uncomfortable. All of those things. And I love the mood policing. I got it. Who wrote that book? Uh, I don't have her the name of her right now, but it's oh. How to Raise an Adult. She's the former dean of students at Stanford. And she was like the level of overparenting that is occurring in the United States right now is really extraordinary. The level of overparenting, overmanaging, trying to make our kids not have feelings of pain or disturbance or even just challenging situations like a low grade, right? And I have another story. Lucinda recently came home and I could tell, I'm like, oh, she's not in a great place. I didn't touch it. And it was related to math homework. And all of a sudden I was like, well, what's going on? And she knows I can't help with math. I'm terrible at math. I, I don't like that's- You don't do math. I don't do math, I, except for adding up money in my bank account. I do that very, very well. And I know how to charge a good fee and I know how to have a strong business, but like algebra, forget it. Yeah. So something, and she was like, I, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. And she was getting really frustrated. And I was like, okay, well, do we want to get some help? I don't want help. I don't want help. And all of a sudden out of her mouth tumbles, I got two C's and then I did this. And it was like a string of like three bad low test scores, not bad. And, and she was like, you, you told me, you said that I needed to get a B plus or higher. I don't want you. And I was like, well, let's slow way down. And first she just had to cry a lot, which was fine. And then I was like, Hey, it's okay that you got a low grade. Like, that's fine. It's really important that you get low grades and know that you're, that's, that's perfectly fine. It's what you do with them that matters. I'm totally okay if you occasionally get a low grade. Of course, it's good. I go, high school's coming. Harder things are coming. And it's more about how are you going to be with this? And I'm never going to get angry at you for a low grade. It's more that you asked me if we have a standard in our house. And we do. It's like, hey, we're going for B plus or higher. If you go for a B plus or higher, I'm never going to get up in your business. Lower than B plus though, we're going to talk because I want to know what's happening. But that's from a place of wanting to help you. And I'm okay. Like, and it was a big conversation for us to have. But we need to get in AP classes and we need, because our child going to Stanford is a positive reflection on us. And now we're fabulous parents and we do all these things. It's, it, we got to get over that. Oh, hundred percent. Or we're going to enslave our children. That's right. And it's not, it's not going to serve them. And it doesn't serve us when we're projecting all of our ideas around like what is uh, good in quotes and what is like, what is important, right? Like what is success at a really much deeper level? Like that doesn't serve anybody. So how do you, how do you define success with, with, 
with Lucinda. It's really about like, are you fulfilled? Are you having fun? Are you enjoying what you're doing? Like you learning how to get good grades is an important skill, but the good grades themselves are not that important. Well, the grade also is just what I've come to realize is just a reference point to how much you know the material. Right. It doesn't make you a good person or a bad person. Nope. A C is you know at average. Right. right? So if you want to know the material better because you care about it, right. all right, dive in. Right. You know, get better at it. Right. Spend more, t- just spend more time invested. In exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, I, you know, to me, I, to me though, it's, I'm a work in progress when it comes to this, right? Like I'm in real time, just like you are. I don't, I'm in some ways it's like, I have a lot of inner, I have a lot of skills that I've learned over years. Right. And I continue, I have a coach myself. I don't get off the court when it comes to my own learning and growth. And I know that that's going to serve her. Right. Cause I'm really committed to like, I don't want my stuff from the past being run on her to the greatest degree possible. And I'm human and I'm doing the best I can. Mm. So if someone listening in going, I want to take that first step for myself to become more in tune one with myself so that I can be more in tune with my kid. What do you tell them? I mean, I say, go find a great therapist or a great coach. I mean, like it's that simple or find a personal growth opportunity, insight seminars, University of Santa Monica, landmark, anything of those can really start to wake us up as adults to who we're being. And then the impact we're having on those, especially those we love in our house, right? Those are the ones that really, I mean, obviously I want to be someone out in the world who takes a stand for loving and for compassion and awareness and consciousness and who I'm being in my house. That is where it all really comes, that's really where it matters, right? Because I can show up in a certain way out in the world, but it's our families that are going to trigger us the most. They just are. That comes with the territory. Well, because we care about it. You know, we, we care, those relationships that we care about, we allow ourselves to get upset about. Well, also it's designed that way. I mean, I'm really saying from a, like, it's designed that those people, the people we marry, the people who are our children, our siblings, it's designed to trigger stuff inside of us because of those, right. The love that's present, but also because it's the closest thing to us. They are mirrors for us about all the stuff going on inside of us. They are mirrors. And how do you polish a mirror? Exactly. Right. So So I pay close attention when Lucinda says things to me because I'm really clear. If she's saying something to me that's irking me, there's probably something in it for me. Like, okay, I got to look at that statement because that's really getting to me. And I, I'm not perfect. I have, I've, I've yelled at her. I've blurted things out. I've said unkind things. And I'm also clear. We can clean it up. Like to me, that's one of the biggest messages I have for people. We can repair. It's Okay. And there are things you can do to look at what is going on that I am constantly getting activated when my daughter or son does X, Y, Z. Like, why am I making that grade so important? I just did a coaching session literally right before uh, you got here, Nick. And it was a client who was talking about um, really running this big thing on her daughter about wanting to go to these college visits. And the daughter was like, I don't want you to go anymore. You make such a big deal out of this. When I go with dad, it's so much easier. Wow. Okay. So now there we go. The mom and the dad makes it, that's an immediate reflection point of how am I interfacing with my child relative to how my spouse is interfacing with it. And then, I mean, listen, I got, the first time I got married, uh, one of the reasons that drove us apart was the the philosophical differences we had about parenting. Yeah. And uh, it became really 
really hard. And uh, I don't know how you get over that. I mean, other than just to be, all right, coach, (laughs) how do you get over that? Well, I mean, like for my client, you know, it was a real, it was a great awakening. She was like, oh my God, she likes going to college visits more with her dad. And she's like, well, what makes it so much better? She goes, he, cause he's not, so he doesn't have put so much pressure on wanting to know what I think. And we just do it and it's fun. And he lets me talk about whatever I want. He's not always trying to steer the conversation back to some like, let's look at what you want. Like he's just, he just lets me do it. And she was like, oh my gosh. I mean, she was a big session for her. She was like, oh my gosh, I, I have to really, it's, I have to really look at all this. Like, I don't, I don't want to be that for my daughter. And she said, I'm realizing how much pressure I'm placing on her achievement. And really underneath that was the fear of her daughter experiencing suffering. Now, this is a, a person who at 16, my client, her parent had a massive accident and, um, basically had like a, uh, she recovered from it, but her mom had a massive brain injury due to like a, it was either a horseback riding accident or something. And essentially her mom wasn't there for her after that in a very different way. And so she's slowly seeing now like, oh my gosh, this is all from what happened to me. Like, I don't want my daughter to ever experience what I did. So everything I'm doing is an attempt. Like I didn't have someone who went to college with me and looked at colleges with me. I didn't have any of that. So it's like, I said, it's like you're overcorrecting. She's like, I'm overcorrecting for what I didn't have. Mm. Yeah, I I just so love this mood correction. Oh, mood police. Mood police thing that you're talking about. It sounds like you very much, you speak with Lucinda as, um, uh, from an intellectual perspective, on a a par level. It's, she's not, well, you're my kid, you're only 14. There's, There's no assumption there about how you can speak to Lucinda, what are the, what topics are appropriate, what's inappropriate? Where are you in that yeah. whole spectrum? I mean, I'm sensitive, right? She's 13. I, I, I'm, I'm really careful, Nick, to not like, I don't want to do, I don't, I'm sensitive to what I feel like she can handle and what she can't handle. But in terms of us, she and I, when I'm like, hey, do I do this? She's like, oh yeah, you do that, right? Like, I'm okay with that. But like, I'm sensitive to, I, I'm, you know, I'll give you another, do you want to hear another recent example? Yeah, of course. So Lucinda is graduating from eighth grade, right? Which is a big deal, right? This is the first, she, the school she went to is kindergarten through eighth. So we haven't done a graduation yet. And we were all, my husband and she and I went out for ice cream last week for a walk. And we were talking about the graduation and there was some conflict on graduation weekend. And I got really like, no, 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 we can't do that. We have this, we have the graduation party we're doing. We can't do that. And my husband was like, Carolyn, she wants to go do that though. That's her graduation. And I was like, well, wait a And I was like, oh. and John said to me, you're a, you seem a little like anxious, something about this. Like what's going on? And all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having feelings about her graduating and they're, they're leaking into this conversation. And then I realized I was like, oh gosh, graduations in my house growing up were terrible. Like, you know, my parents were either fighting or my mom was like making it about her. Well, I want to go do this for your graduation. And I realized that. And I was like, wow, I do not want to do that with her. I, and I, and I, I had to look at it. So I couldn't in real time say, I did say one thing on the walk home. I was like, you know what? I'm looking at the graduations I had. So I'm aware that's coming up here. And we talked about John's graduations. And then I just said to Lucinda, I want to be really clear with you. 
my feelings about your graduation are mine. They're not yours. This is your graduation. You get to have fun and celebrate. And that was really all I said, but I unpacked a lot more later. Like I got much clearer on what was going on for me. Do I need to tell her all that? No, I don't think that's necessary, right? Because my process is not something she has to be filled in on all the time. But I will, I will make sure now that she gets centered in her graduation, that my feelings are not going to be put on her in the way that my mom put her feelings on me. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Back to Play Mountain Place and the philosophy of democratic parenting versus authoritarian parenting because my first round of my older two kids was very much, we're doing this because I'm your father and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Lucinda's been through that whole arc now. And how at 13 does that impact her based on what you see relationships with friends. Yeah. How does she problem solve? How does she work through those things? How does that, how did that nucleus, how does that serve her today? I mean, I think the, the seeds were planted at Play Mountain for real. I do. And I see that. And however, you know, we had a recent experience where Lucinda did the teen insight seminar, the first one. And she had a fantastic experience, like very, very helpful on many, many levels. And after that, there was this, she's had a friend who she's very close to, but has had some difficult experiences with because the friend can be, um, just wants to be with her all the time and is like, doesn't give her space sometimes. And Lucinda initially had a big upset about that. And I was like, we, like, how do you want to do this? Because this has to be talked about. And she allowed me to at least alert her teacher that this was happening. And then I said, now I want to be able to count on you. Are you willing to talk to your teacher, who's a fabulous teacher, Ms. Allie, about it? She said, I will, but mommy, will will you at least let her know? So I had a communication. Lucinda went into school, talked to her teacher, and her teacher was like, Lucinda, this is not healthy, what's happening between you and this person. I know she's your good, good friend, but can you see that? And Lucinda said, yes. So Lucinda made some changes in how she was being with this person. And this friend said to her, you're being being different with me. What's going on? And Lucinda said, I'm being different. You're right. I'm realizing I need space. And it felt like too much for me. And the friend was like, I don't want you to feel that way. I don't want you to feel pressure. And Lucinda said, it's not about you. It's about me. This has nothing to do with you. I mean, I nearly fell to the floor that she could have that kind of conversation with a friend at this age. At 13, I couldn't have done that. I was a mess at 13. I was like the one who was needy and desperate and was not giving space, right? Because I had so much in my own life going on. And she navigated that. And I really attribute that to some of a lot of what she got in that teen insight. Whatever went on there, it opened a door for her to like, I can it's important to have hard conversations. It's important to say what's happening for me. And it was huge. I mean, now it's like nothing, right? It happened weeks ago and she's all good, but, and the friendship's really good. So she really said, I just needed some space. And it was amazing. And that I attributed to the, and some of that, I'll, I'll, John and I can take credit for that we're creating a house where we talk, right? To some extent, anyway. And we have our moments and it's also who she is and it's all of it. It's play mountain. It's growing up in a house with two people, not just me. My husband went to the university of Santa Monica, two people who are committed to not to, to being people who communicate and work with their feelings. It's all of it. And teen insight was incredible for her. I love that. I love that. I mean, 
I would hope that for my kids, I would hope that for anybody to be able to say, and, and you know, what comes to mind is like, well, the breakup, right? It's not a you, it's me, right? <laughs> that whole, right. that default thing. Right. But this is about, no, I'm really looking at me and I want to keep a friendship with you, but I need to make sure that it's, I'm in balance, that I'm in alignment. And how fantastic would that be if all of our kids could have that internal fortitude to know on course or off course for themselves. Adults don't have those kinds of conversations. Those are hard conversations for adults. And this is one of her closest friends. And it continues. Like it was really, Lucinda was really clear, like uh, it's about me. And it wasn't, you're right. She knew it and she could do it. And it was really, I was impressed. I mean, I was like, wow, that is a big conversation to have. Yeah. It was huge. So you and I were talking just before about college. Yeah. And you know, you're, coming out of high school is college the right yeah. thing and you asked me without any you know I was like what's your way. take Nick right right very neutral yeah. which and I said I think college is bullshit you know I, I think if and you laughed and you looked at John and uh, and and some context for that is because case in point we've got someone who's who's 19 who's who's your godson who's now started to work with us and he he approached me out of the gate just to say hey I'm I'm thinking about real estate and you're in that game for a long time what do you think and I gave him some initial thoughts but during the course of the conversation I heard two things one I'm not going to college I'm committed to this I said great and two I'm thinking about my path as X. And I went, well, I, I'm looking for someone like you. And so it, it turned into, what do you think, to a job interview where I, where I, at the end of the conversation, I said, think about it, but I'd love you to come work with me. And that's not working very well. But that's someone who's directed as to what he knows he wants. That's right. Right? I mean, I go back to my college experience, and yeah, I got a great uh, I got a great diploma, right, from a fine school, right? right? So there's credibility from that perspective. But when I think about how I went into college and what I was learning and what my intention to get out of it was not about an education of, of academia, you know? It was about trying to find my way and see if something shows up. So, you know, when you think about it from Lucinda's perspective, so that's my reference point to college yeah. is bullshit. If it, you, with anything, it's about how do we go into it, that's right? right? So as you consider college and, and for Lucinda, yeah. what's that conversation? You know, I'm a fan of college, right? And I, and I don't discount anything you said, right? Like I, I see that for, you know, our godson and I see the value. I see who he is, right? And I get that like, I, I trust that he has his own inner path, right? So even as I watched him kind of start to like, I don't know if I want to go to college. I was really curious about that. Like, tell me more. I wanted to know because to me, I mean, it's fantastic what's unfolding for him with you and I'm thrilled, right? And I trust his path and all that. And I think college, in a way, he's fast forwarding into much more of what I would call an adult situation, jobs, people, navigating communication, relationships, learning how to be in a business, all those things, right? The reason I'm a fan of college is in some ways has nothing to do with anything about the the program or the major, it's about having more time to develop as an adult, right? So I didn't have any direction. I mean, I, I got into Emerson College. I was, it's like mass communications because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. 
I, I barely remember anything from my, from my education at Emerson, where it helped me was in my development as a person. I mean, that was where someone, a great friend for the first time in my life, I was staying in her room one night and she, I was sharing about my family room was dark. I'm sharing about my family and it gets quiet. And she says, have you ever gone to therapy? I was like, what's that? It was the first time someone helped me see like maybe what happened in my family was a little challenging. I had no context. So the reason I'm a fan of college is more in the context of friendships, life experience, growth. And I get that, you know, who we're talking about who just got a job with you, he's going to get all that in a different way. But I'm a fan of college. I mean, unless someone's got a real calling like this person does, who you and I, you saw that. I trust that. But that's unusual from my point of view. Wouldn't you agree? Like at 18 to have that? Yeah, no, it's, 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 I didn't have it. And, and again, if you're looking to study something specific and you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be an attorney, you obviously you need those credibility, right. those, those, those touch points along the way. And yes, my experience of college was I, some of the friendships that were created there, I have to this day. And so, and you know, if you look to those, those certain schools that become that fraternity or that sorority where their job opportunities, so great, all of those dynamics. But I think, you know, from a perspective, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm backpedaling a little bit off of college, <laughs> but just for, just to that, you know, with anything, you know, intentionality is so important to me. I know it's so important to you Oh yeah. that before we go into anything and, and if, you know, if Lily asked me, should I go to college? <laughs> if she asks you that yeah, today, I want to know about that. Yeah, right, right. I think I'm going to be, it's going to be much more of, well, why would you be going? You know, what, what do you want to get out of it? What do you know about college? You know, what are you looking to do? And I think the more I have those conversations with Lily, even now at three and a half, yeah. um, you know, why is that important? What to, to, I'm wondering, I'm wondering what that is. Tell me. And I think there's great opportunity for us to create the space for kids to share who they are. I agree. I And one other thing I'll say about college is I agree with you. And I also think, look, there's, especially because of the level of over-parenting that can be occurring in people's houses, college is a real opportunity for kids to have time to do more growing up on their own and how to like life skills, right? You know, it's like, that's a big deal to have life skills. So college is a place where it's like, I get to, I got to manage my own bank account. I got to call my dad when I went into overdrawn and go, what do I do now? Like all the things I really didn't have a lot of skills at. Can you get those skills elsewhere? Absolutely. And I'm grateful. I mean, I'm glad I had college and I agree. I don't think it's the only way. And I think it can be a, it can be a valuable way to slow things down, especially if you have no direction and some people don't need it. Yeah, and I'm just thinking about, you know, and, and you hear those stories where kids that have been so compressed at home, right. when they have that moment of freedom, the, the pendulum shifts so far that they can even get in trouble with right. alcohol and drugs and all those dynamics. But um, I you know, the more they come into that environment in center and in balance and understand what they want to get out of it, I think the clearer the path is to get through it. Now, it's interesting for me in my college experience, even though I had no idea what I wanted to do in my life, right? There was no clarity. 
there are threads to what I do now in my college experience. So that friend that said to me, have you ever thought about going to therapy? I ended up starting therapy in college. And then I decided I wanted to become an RA, a resident assistant. Like that was the, like I thought those people, like my RA, my freshman year was like a lifeline. Like she, when I was homesick, all those things I had. And I was like, I want to be an RA. So I tried out and my parents were thrilled because it's free room and board when you become an RA, right? Not so bad for the parents. I didn't get in the first time. And then I got in for my senior year. So I was an RA, which in many ways has seeds of coaching in it, right? It's like being there for people. It's like helping them through challenges. I mean, part of being an RA is that's what you're doing for new students, right? You're serving as a place where they can come and go, I'm, wow, I don't like this or I'm having a challenge. So there's seeds of that. So in some ways for me, college did provide me with direction, but not in the way of like the courses I took. This whole consciousness of service and and talking to our kids about being of service beyond the four walls of a, a of your own home. Do you is is there any consciousness of that with yeah. Lucinda and how you because I mean, you're you're big into service? Yeah, and John and I both care a lot about that. You know, we've been recently talking about that, right? Because you know, Lucinda, when she was looking at high schools, we looked at a private high school and a public high school. Now we both went to public high schools, so we didn't have any reference points for private. And she got into the private and she got into this specialized public and she decided against the private and the decision was all hers. So we were both really clear that she was going to choose. It would not be us choosing. Now I had to work with that because there was a part of me that was like, well, I want to see what the private's like. I want to know what that's like, right? That'd be so fun. But I was, and I had an agenda for a while, little bit. For a little bit, I was like, but you'd get more out, like private, what you get at a private school, first of all, is absolutely insane. Like when we went on the tour, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what 40K a year? Whoa, look at those microscopes. I was very taken with what they get. And Lucinda was really clear. She said, I want the bigger school. The private would have been a small ninth grade class. And she wasn't as drawn to it. And I had to really let go of all that. And, um, but we were talking about service. Like if she goes to private, we were like, we need to up the amount of service we're doing, right? Like, cause she even said, mommy, but that's going to cost a lot of money if I go to private. And John and I said, it would, and we will do it. And the most important thing you need to know is that it's totally fine. And when we have a lot, that means we have a lot to give. So part of it is about how do we give back? And that's going to be an opportunity you have as you grow. Like, how do we give in places to people that don't have what we have? That's what, that's what the opportunity is with privilege, right? Am I going to, am I going to share it? Am I going to use it? Am I going to put it in places where it can help people? So that's important to me, both from a financial perspective and from a like body on the line perspective. So we talk about that a lot, whether that's like, our friends have a sick kid. Do we want to bring something over? Like where are the places we can show up for people outside of our home? That's important. I mean, that's really being of service wherever, and service is not convenient. And that's one thing we're also working with Lucinda on. Teenagers are not fans of having to get up out of their bed and do something on a weekend. And I'll be like, service isn't convenient. It's just not sometimes. I, I love that you, you, you put it in perspective and then, then it can be into why we're doing it. How much of Lucinda's life is convenient? 
meaning for her or for me. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Take it both ways. Uh, lots of things aren't, right? Like I'm not a, like I joke with people, particularly people I coach, and they're like, you know, I shouldn't say that. It's with coaches who I'm helping grow their business. You know, it's not always, I don't always want to get out of bed and make her breakfast. I go, that doesn't mean I'm not going to. Just like when a coach says to me, well, I don't, I don't feel comfortable sometimes doing all this activity to grow my business. And I'm like, so what? Since when is that, who cares if you're comfortable? Is that the guideline we're going to use to go do stuff in our lives? Like, I don't feel like it. If that were true, there were so many things I wouldn't do. I would, my children, my child wouldn't eat. She would not actually have ever probably learned to brush her teeth. There are a lot of things that wouldn't happen just because I don't want to. I don't want to is not a good enough reason. Like, that's not what I use as my guideline for living in the world. And so do you speak to Lucinda on that level? Oh, yeah. And and give her those reference points? I do. I do. I say to her, like, I hear you. She'll be like, I don't want to do my homework. I'm like, I hear you. I don't want to make you dinner either. So we're both in the same boat. So do you get the stink eye? What do you, how do you, and and again, go back to that process. So I'm Lucinda. I don't want to do something. You want me to do it. How are we going to get through this? Yeah. Uh, I say, I hear you. I say, I hear you a lot. Like I really hear you don't want to do it. What's the the power of that? Just being like, I get it. I, I'm, I'm, of course I know you don't want to do it. Like I, I don't, I don't try to make her not want to do it. Like that's not the conversation we're in. The goal is not, well, I want you to want to do it. It's okay that you don't want to do it. And it still has to get done. That's that's the that's what that's what we're talking about in our house. I know you don't want to do that. I don't want to do the homework. I don't want to do the report. I really hear you. I really hear you. Do you play consequence into the equation? We don't really do that. Lucinda is a kid who like like sometimes I'll say to her, Hey, do you have don't you have that thing to do? And she'll say, Yeah. And she'll be on her screen and I'll be like, so what's the game plan? And she'll say to me, I'm going to be on my screen until four o'clock and then I'm going to do it. Okay. Like that's kind of my intention is to support her in creating a plan for herself because I never had anyone who helped me create any plan on anything, but I'm not going to overdo it. Right. Like John and I are both clear. Like sometimes he'll be like, well, is she going to get that done? I'm like, that's going to be on her. Like we're both clear. She's at an age where we need to pull back a bit. Right. And be like, she doesn't want to do the homework and I'll say once or twice and I'll say, hey, I'm going to ask you one more time. After this, I'm out. You don't do the homework. That's between you and whatever happens at school, like whatever consequence is going to happen at school. Like I grew up being punished a lot for a lot of different things. I don't think it was particularly effective. And it has, so we don't have a model of like, we're going to punish you. We have had occasionally some consequences about, you know, this, you know, we'll say, hey, if, if you can't stay off your screens, for this long, we're going to need to pull back on the screens. So, but it's not like we're punishing you. It's like, we're just going to pull it back because you're not able to manage that. You're showing us that it's not working. But it's also, you're, you're, you're setting the table with, uh, by, with a dialogue. Right. And, and I, I, I love the idea that the, you don't have to threaten a conf, a consequence. The consequence is going to unfold and she's going to be responsible for that consequence. And that's, she gets to see that front that's center. Right. And that's important, right? She's 13, right? You know, a five-year-old, I wouldn't do that with, right? Five-year-old might be a little different, but I'm going to, it's like, I want, it's like, I want to, I want to cultivate her own resourcefulness. And I also want to cultivate her own awareness of if I don't do that, I'm going to have the experience of what that's like. Hmm. Yeah. I listen, I know, listen, she's a great kid and she's a great kid for a host of reasons. Um, because she's, she's wide open. You know, and, and there's nothing shut down Mm-mm. about Lucinda. And that's 
that's a testimonial to you guys and, and, and what you've done. I mean, we were just talking about the improv moment we had. You know, I think maybe we'll, we'll, we'll close on, on this idea of how, how comfortable Lucinda is in her skin, you know, and that she allows the, the totality of her to come forward. And one of those things is her humor. And one of those things is her ability to express. And she's studying theater just because she enjoys it, right? right. Not because it's she loves big, it. Right. 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 I want to say something though, because I think it's important as, as we complete, like I, I, she is really open and I love that. And she's going to take the teen insight to this summer and she's excited about that. And we are, and I'm also clear, we don't know what life's going to bring us, right? We don't know what life's going to bring Lucinda. And our intention is to continue to serve her in her growth and development. Right. And, and to also be clear, we cannot, we cannot protect our children from pain. Pain is part of the human experience. Suffering is optional, right? So it's like, I know that Lucinda will face hard things in her life because everybody does. Now, is it going to be hard for me when those things happen? Absolutely. Am I going to want to potentially rush in and make it better? I will. I'm going to work with myself so that I don't. My job now is to help Lucinda see she can handle it. She can handle it. I'm here for her. It's going to be hard and I know it's painful, but you can handle this. That's my job now. I'm really clear on that. Sometimes I don't always like it. Sometimes I still want to be the person who makes it all better, but I'm like, that's not going to serve her down the road. So that's what I'm up to right now. That's the game I'm in. And that's the game I offered everyone, right? Like, and that's not easy as parents, right? You're at the perfect age. Like L Lily's three and a half. John and I laugh. We're like, oh, remember that? Remember when it, and it's going to change. And you already know that from your two other kids. And it's, it's an amazing thing. I think parenting can be one of the most powerful ways to grow as a person. I'm glad I signed up for it. <laughs> it's, it's the great reflective mirror, right? How my, my relationship with my kid is an indirect relationship with the kid inside of me. Yeah. Yep. Well, th this is great. That's uh, the improv story was funny because we started talking about you don't negate, right? And improv, that's rule number one. And right. Lucinda got it right away. And I said, like, if you were a carrot, and she just started going, yeah, if I was a carrot, I said, well, well what kind of carrot would you be? She said, well, I'd be a cannibal carrot, a cannibal carrot. And so we, we literally riffed for seven minutes and she stayed with me every single beat. And I had, I had so much fun with her in that moment as I would have with any one of my friends. And no matter what the age, you know, it transcends all that. And I think I'm, I'm really learning in this whole exercise is that don't measure the human being in front of you by their age because mm. there's wisdom that comes from every single dynamic. Totally. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much. What an entertaining conversation. And for those of you who want to be able to reach out to Carolyn, uh, you'll, her information will be on the website. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, happy parenting. Happy parenting. As always, if you've enjoyed this episode today, you can find out more about me and the work I do, along with my guests, at nicksiegel.com. Thanks for listening.